and welcome to the South African Spies podcast. Today I will be sharing the story of my family's heritage based on what I've learned from my maternal grandmother whom I've interviewed. I'm so excited to share her stories and some snippets from our talks. First of all, meet my granny. Well, my name is Violet, Violet Pullian, mm-hmm. and I'm one of the, from the 16th uh, children from my mom, I was one of the siblings. Isn't she cute? She was born and bred in Durban, South Africa, and even though she's almost 90, her heart and soul is as vibrant and spunky as a young lady in her prime years. Her maternal grandparents boarded a ship in India and made their way to Durban, South Africa, where they continued to grow their family and gave birth to a daughter who would later become Govindama, the mother to my granny. The story of my great-grandfather is not as straightforward. As per the stories that have been passed down, this is how it goes. My great-grandfather's parents had arrived on a ship that docked in Durban and somehow his mother had been abandoned. Now, why or how this happened is unfortunately something we'll never know, but we do know that she found herself alone, lost, and stranded at the docks. Luckily, the other families around saw her and took her in. They took her to Bank Road in Mayville, and she ended up working for a house in Cater Manor run by George Cater, who was of British descent, and even though he was married, she had fallen pregnant by him and gave birth to a baby boy. I'm in the process of looking into this history with some other family members, so once we have more details and fact checks about the story, I definitely will be sharing it. The story continues to say that when the baby was born, the Cates wanted to adopt him because he looked like a white baby. But his mother did not want this, so instead she ran away in the middle of the night with her baby and ended up in Somsia Road where she was taken in by another family who helped her eventually remarried and she ended up having more children. This boy, however, grew up facing his own challenges, the biggest one being not looking like he was an Indian person, and he would constantly be asked to leave the Indian areas because of this. He would wear a straight line, in green ink on his forehead to prove that even though he looked like a white man, he was actually Indian and belonged with his family. His name was Madurai. Madurai was also a boxer and went by the name Kid Brown. Govindama and Madurai would meet and get married while Govindama was only 11 years old. Although my great-grandmother had birthed 16 children, her first being while she was only 12 years old, Sadly, the first two babies died within an hour of being born. She later went on to birth 10 girls and 4 boys, my granny, Violet, being child number 8 from the lot. When growing up, Madurai worked for the Durban Council until his untimely passing in an accident at the age of 51. This job came with a modern flat for the family, equipped with a stove and other modern amenities, which was probably a big thing back then. After my grand's dad passed away, the company wanted the family to vacate the flat, but instead, her mom asked if she could work in his place. The company accepted, allowing her to work for them, along with one of the elder sons. My grand describes her mother as a modern woman who enjoyed doing charity work in child welfare, despite having many kids of her own. She really wanted to just give back to her community. My granny would later lose her mom at the age of 56. At home, her father only spoke to her in Tamil 
And this was the language spoken frequently with parents and grandparents, and it was compulsory to attend Tamil school. I do wish this was something that was carried down because trying to learn my mother tongue at this age has proved difficult. Not impossible, but definitely difficult. My granny continued Tamil school and was able to write in Tamil too. She wrote all the songs that she sang in Tamil, and I think that's really beautiful. During the time she was still at home with her family, she did experience the 1949 riots and was alive for the Second World War. She was about 10 years old during World War II and remembers that there were a lot of threats happening and even though the school had to close for a while, thankfully, nothing significant had happened. I asked her what exposure she had to the 1949 riots and this was her recollection of one of the worst acts of apartheid to affect Indians in South Africa. You see, we had a location yeah. next to our school, our, our house. Like, it was all uh, fenced, like, you know. And they, they had to pass our place to go to their location, the Nagal Road. And uh, so when they came, they came with sticks and choppers and everything. They tried to get into the listen to him, kill us. They wanted to come in. But my father was like a white man. He stood right in the front with the police. And uh, he was very brave, but we were there. But nobody touched him. Nobody did anything to him. They all went past, they went to, a, to their place, but uh, nothing happened. But people who was around there, the beachfront and all, yeah. they all had to come to, to to where we stayed. And we had a big hall there, yeah. so we may, they had to come and stay there. A shop right here in Masamsha Road, right opposite to where we stayed. And that thing is still existing, the shop, next to our school. Yeah. And that's still there. Very frightening. We couldn't sleep. We never used to sleep. We couldn't go out anyway. We can't go to school. We can't do anything. And how long did this happen for? Some time it was carrying on. But the Clairwood people, uh, they they didn't waste time. They did their share. As soon as they came into Clairwood, they finished them. Some of the areas, uh, you know, they were very brave. Mm -hmm. They stood up for them. That was a very bad uh, experience we had. Growing up in magazine barracks meant that government schools were available and my granny got through to standard six, which she describes as being the equivalent to matric. She wanted to further high school education but was told the schools were full and there was no place for her. So instead, my granny started teaching kindergarten in Mayville. In this time, she was able to finish standard nine by attending high school in the evenings but could not complete her matric as she had to get married. If she had the opportunity to complete her schooling, she would have gone on to fulfill her dream of becoming a nurse. Now, let me introduce you to my grandfather, Nad Pullian. He was a first-generation South African as his father arrived in Durban via ship along with his great-grandfather. Unfortunately, we don't know much about his life before meeting my grandmother, but we do know that he got along very well with her family, and when the time came, he took up the responsibility to take care of the younger siblings by sending them to college and eventually getting them married. He worked for a soft drink company first, and after a while, started working for Coca-Cola. He started as a truck driver and was also a salesman, and then became a manager, and towards the end, became the general sales manager for South Africa, and was the first non-white to serve that role. He loved his job and the people he worked with. 
He also loved soccer and was part of some renowned soccer clubs in the community. He was a die-hard daredevil and was very strict when he came to watching soccer. When the game was on, no one was allowed to walk past the TV or make a sound, just in case he missed an important kick in a Man United game. Now, if I'm being honest, this is something that most of us in the family still do ourselves till today. He didn't have much of a sweet tooth, but loved his veda with extra chilies, a good chopped chutney, and ice-cold coke that had to be on the table for all meals. Now, let's talk about the beginning of a love story, the one between Ned and Violet, my grandparents. Violet was 15 when they met and started courting. Ned was already working at the time and would fetch my grandmother after school and take her home every day. My grand shares a little bit more about how they met and some memories from their four-year courting period. <laughs> you see, I was a singer. I was in the band. Mm-hmm. I used to sing. So my my brother, and uh, he took me and Lily to one of his friend's place. She was a teacher and a 21st birthday she had. So I went and sang there, and then Dad was sitting there. <laughs> and uh, that's how he met me. And then he saw you, and it was love at first sight. First sight, yeah. <laughs> when you saw him, you felt yeah. the same way. Yeah. He was a very handsome man. <laughs> a very handsome guy. Very handsome. Then you all started, like, courting. Yeah, I used to come home, and all. And if I had to go anywhere, he used to take me shopping. But we, yeah, we like my mother agreed, uh, you know. Yeah. Whoever came and asked, and she agreed. So very modern. You see, I used to go to uh, school in the afternoon, Congress High. I used to go to high school, mm-hmm. three o'clock till six o'clock, because they didn't they didn't have place for morning uh, classes. Okay. Then he used. To we used to pick me up from school, wait for me, and uh, we used to go to Crystal Cafe. Now it's no more Crystal Cafe there. The shops there. Yeah. In the corner of Alice Street. So he used to take me there. We used to have our tea there. So again, all the sandwiches, cheese sandwich. <laughs> we used to have that. Then we used to come to the beach frontier by Snake Park. We used to come here and for a while. And then he'll come and drop me off. He used to take me to the movie, but Lily used to come with me. We never go alone, like, always yeah. there's somebody there with us, you know. I think that whole courting period was uh, memorable. I can't pick and choose, like, uh, you know, I had a very nice life with him, very nice. Even when I got married to their wedding took place in 1954 when Violet was only 19 years old and Ned was a few years older. The reason they had to get married was because my grandfather's mother got very sick and there was no one who would be able to take care of the family once she passed. So my granny had to sacrifice her own dreams and take on this responsibility, which she did gracefully. Back then, completing your education was definitely more important for the boys than it was for the girls. As it was the belief that taking care of the family was always a priority for women over everything else. My grand lived with her in-laws after marriage, as most Indian women did back then, and took care of her father-in-law, brothers-in-law, and sister-in-law. 
From what we know, Nad's father had three wives and therefore had children from different women. He actually went to my grandmother to offer a proposal for Violet's elder brother to marry one of his elder daughters, and once and once it was agreed, there was a double wedding scheduled. My grandparents would marry on the same day as Violet's eldest brother and Nad's sister. Even though this was sort of a common thing back then, the difference with these two couples was that my grandparents had a love marriage and the other couple had what we would call more of an arranged marriage. Not typically arranged in the normal sense of the word, but pretty much along those lines. During the marriage of my grandparents, Violet describes Nad as being very modern, unlike his own father who was quite traditional. However, Nad did insist that my granny wear a sari and have her hair in a bun every single day. Because to him, a sari and a conda was the beauty of a woman. So she did. My granny was only ever seen in a sari from the time she was married till my grandfather passed away. There were some exceptions to this, and that was when they went on holiday. Ned would allow her to wear tracksuits, costumes, and outfits that were far more comfortable, but once they returned home, she would resume wearing her usual attire. After his passing, my granny started feeling more comfortable wearing dresses and skirts and more casual clothing, but only after making sure that her sons approved of it. When it came to religion, my grandfather wasn't very religious, but would still partake in fasting days and prayers while my granny was more of a believer in doing things many ways. They both were of the opinion that religion is an individual thing. Even though my grandmother was Hindu, later in her life she did start following the Christian way and found comfort in being able to express her beliefs in different ways. Violet grew up Hindu but also read the Bible. When she got married, she followed the Tamil way of doing everything, but also embraced the Christian way of doing things as her mother did, and to this day keeps her Bible with her, reads it, and will continue doing so, while still washing and lighting her lamp, and following the customs, traditions, and prayers of a Hindu woman. She is very much of the opinion that whatever works for you, do it. If it gives you comfort and makes you happy, just do it. My granny gave birth to her first child, a daughter, at the age of 20. When they were expecting their second child, my grandfather wanted a boy and was convinced that it would be a boy. But to his disappointment, it was another girl, who was actually my mother. I'm pretty sure this is why she grew up to be such a tomboy. They went on to finally have a son who really followed in my grandfather's footsteps, a daughter who was the apple of everyone's eye, and finally, child number five was another boy who is not only the naughtiest, but also the family glue. We'll learn more about the siblings further on in the podcast. Ned wasn't a very strict parent, but he did not approve of late nights. He liked all his children to be home at a decent time and be in the house. He was an involved parent and husband and would ensure he did all the shopping needed for the house. The children would have friends come home to study and my granny would make them snacks to get them through the night. The Pullians were the first to have a TV in the area, which meant everyone would come over and watch TV, be it from watching in the living room or standing around the verandas to watch from outside. Their home was always open. Living in Unit 2 in Chatsworth was like having a big family where the sense of community was of utmost importance. Violet would always cook extra and share with her neighbours. There was also a feeling of safety knowing everyone around would look out for each other and your children. 
Sometimes, when we find ourselves in the area, we drive past my family's childhood home and I look at it in sadness, knowing these memories can never be made again, and realizing it's a part of our lives I will never be able to reminisce about, having not grown up in Durban myself. Nad became quite sick and struggled with his illness for about 11 years. He had to retire from work and fought really hard, but unfortunately passed away too soon, leaving a gap in the hearts of everyone who knew him. My granny had to learn to cope with being a widow and also keeping up with the times. She shares some of that with us. I used to, well, most of the time I used to watch TV. You know, like that I used to pass my time. When I go anywhere, I never used to go and stay with anybody. Mm. Like my sisters. Now at least I go stay with them because I'm all alone here. Yeah? So uh, that time I never used to go stay. I used to go visit and come back. When I go anywhere and come, I feel nice when I come back home. Home sweet home. You just want <laughs> Especially this fat, it's so nice. <laughs> My granny, along with her sisters, also formed a senior citizens club that she keeps running till today. It keeps them quite busy, with lots to look forward to. Violet Pullian has been blessed with five children, 12 grandchildren, eight great-grandchildren and counting. She continues living her daily life with her best friends, who are also her sisters, who remain closer than most, and also being involved in the lives of her own immediate family. I'm so proud and grateful for the sacrifice and choices that our forefathers made, for the diverse and rich history of my own family, and for being able to share this with you. I hope the summary of my family will encourage you to ask questions, gain more insights, and document your own family story. If you would like to share your unique story, please drop us an email and we would be happy to do just that. That's all I have for now. So I guess we just got to wait until our next rendezvous. Until then, keep it sweet, keep it sassy, and keep it spicy. Lots of love.